Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes. Backpack, backpack, back again. <laughs> yes. Honestly, if we were doing video, I feel like really what we'd need to set the stage is just both of us to just stare at each other and just give one of those you son of a bitch looks. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say what we'd need is both just like very large, straight out of prop jewelry, uh, <laughs> crucifix necklaces. <laughs> well, that too. That's that's a given, you know, but I feel like that was a special feature in this film was just a lot of staring. I, I think they realize. Y- anyways, we'll get into it, <laughs> but I'm excited. We're talking about F9, which we covered Hobbs and Shaw on this show, but that's the only like we didn't do... F- Fast Eight, right? No, this is that's the only Fast and the Furious okay, movie okay. that I have seen, and I was confused oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I was like, "Where are they? They're not <laughs> here," and I kept waiting for them to appear, and I was, "Oh, like, Matt, always just I just cringe. I just am, you're just so embarrassing. Sometimes I forgot that you you didn't even bother to watch a movie trailer or like read a synopsis or anything." About about the other eight films in this or franchise? Like, no. No, but like this movie even, since I, you knew you didn't know the rest of the franchise. No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I even saw a trailer for this, which was honestly refreshing going in because I remember the entire time while I was watching Hobbs and Shaw thinking like, well, we got to get to whatever that <laughs> island nation was with all of the Rock's family island because nation. like they were... Uh, you know, like th- that was what was in the trailer, and that yes. was like ten minutes from the You're end right. of the film. You're right? What an iconic scene, honestly. Well, I mean, okay, let's let's start off there. First impressions. How did this compare? How does this fall in your two movie ranking of the F F the Fast and the Furious franchise? Well, so okay, I- I'll say this. <laughs> I I was coming to this not necessarily in a great headspace <laughs> because it was. I was like, I don't know, maybe like five days into the Bacchanal that is Pride Weekend in New York City. I was very low on sleep. Um, I sort of was like, it was hot. I like wandered over to the movie theater that's sort of like across the street from me. And I was like, ugh, this is annoying that I have to watch (laughs) this two and a half hour long movie. Like there's so many things I would rather be doing, but I'm doing it for the podcast. So I was kind of peeved to be there. And then as it turned out, I enjoyed it much more than I (laughs) thought I was going to. And I feel like the fact that I just got to sit in a dark room for two and a half hours, I was like, ah, this was like relaxing and sort of rejuvenating, like brought me what I need to. I also am unsure. I think that any movie that I see now through the end of summer, there has to be an asterisk on it of just like, I'm so excited to be back in the movie theater that it like, I'm like it more than I probably would. Yeah. But for being two and a half hours, I thought this moved along at a good pace. Like it felt shorter to me than like a quiet place did or um 
or Cruella, which I felt both seemed really long. And I thought that the action sequences in this were pretty entertaining in general. Oh my gosh, Matt. This just like warmed my heart. I really thought this episode was going to go in a different direction. (laughs) So I I mean, I did not really care for Hobbs and Shaw that much. So I thought this was better. And well, it was I very think, weird. There yeah, was lots no. of weird stuff. <laughs> but also I think this this factors into my love of like camp things. And yeah, this felt 100%. very campy. So Yeah. I think you touched on a few things that would make sense why you like this more than Hobbs and Shaw. First of all, um I mean to your point. I- I'm just gonna go through the, you know, the uh, uh lunchroom items here because to your point, everyone went to see this movie. It shattered box office records for since the pandemic. It's made 70 million in its opening weekend which is is the last largest debut was the rise of skywalker in 2019 (laughs) so it's been a long almost two years um but uh, you know vin diesel he brought the crowds back and um i'm sorry it wasn't in the heights that got this showing but uh you know this movie attracted a different crowd it it brought a different energy and it already had a fan base that was already there for eight movies and that's the other thing about this movie is it's directed by justin lynn who had directed almost all of the first six he did Um, three four five six and then was gone for a couple and then is back for nine through the end of the franchise yeah and so he he's a guy who one loves this franchise obviously but two he loves a good practical effect and so comparing the stunts in this movie to Hobbs and Shaw this is much more like obviously they're still outlandish they're still like wildly impossible but they were done with um practical effects rather than a lot of CGI which Hobbs and Shaw was like almost 100%. Yes, and yeah. and I love a practical effect, which is another <laughs> yeah. reason why I enjoyed this. Yeah. But interestingly, um I am I'm, I'm a fast fan. Like I I definitely like love 7 and 8. I think those are the strongest films just for me because they they fit a lot of fun and just zany bonkers like balls to the walls sort of set piece like action pieces like that um so i was a little more wary about this one because justin lynn's work hasn't been (laughs) my favorite of the franchise but like i said he clearly like cares about about this movie but is also very self-aware about the wildness of the universe and how it's just like spun out of control from where it started that's I guess that's like a pun (laughs) freaking killing it this episode spun out (laughs) yeah well, but you're coming back from a low on that last episode. Yikes. Anyways, um, so for those who aren't aware, just a really, 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 really fast reminder of the franchise. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, it started off in just like a street racing sort of like bro, uh, illegal street racer, an undercover cop, become friends. How will they survive? Boom. They're, you know, the Paul Walker, Vin Diesel um, romance is born. Wait, who's... Uh, Paul- Vin Diesel was an undercover cop? No, Vin Diesel is the street racer. He's the illegal. He's running the street race. And Paul Walker is the cop who is trying to infiltrate the gang and figure out. I don't remember why he cares so much, but that's his his role. Anyways, the second film does not star Vin Diesel. It is just Paul Walker's world. And then I always get them confused because there's Tokyo Drift. And Fast and Furious, which is different than the the Fast and the Furious. And somewhere in there, there's a weird timeline jump. Um, but Vin Diesel 
comes back for a cameo. And at that point, everyone loved him enough that the producers were like, we want you to be a producer on the next film and like star in it. And so then he got Paul Walker to come back. And so that was when the series sort of reset and they Wait, become- Wait, so there was a movie where that Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, neither of them were in? No, there was a movie Vin Diesel was not in. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, so Vin Diesel was not in one with Paul Walker. That one did horribly. So Paul Walker wasn't in the next one. But Vin Diesel made a cameo. And so then Vin Diesel, when he was offered like this, when they wanted him back, he was like, I'm going to call up Paul Walker and convince him. And Paul was like, no, man, if you're in, I'm in. And so then they came back. Um and it just went wild because that's when they sort of started veering from just like, oh, we're street racers who get into a little trouble more into like, wow, we're taking down entire like <laughs> drug yeah, lords like- and evil conspiracy theory. Like it gets it's crazy that they've gone from what oh, they are yeah. to now like they're a, basically a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, they're like the world's most elite uh, group of. I don't know, government agents that are stopping catastrophes every day. They're they're the mission impossible that Right. Oh is exactly. The mission impossible. So yeah, it's like Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah. And so um five is when you get the rock. Six, you get another original player, Anna Lucia. Or she's not Anna Lucia, that's who she is in Lost. Yes, yes. Um Dang it, I can't remember her name. Letty or T. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. According yeah. to my notes. Letty. So she comes back. And so now the gang's like really, really in enmeshed. And then Seven was a huge success. That's the one where unfortunately Paul Walker died in the middle of making it. And so they had to rewrite the ending. And, you know, it, they had the See You Again with Khalifa song that was so good. It was nominated for a Oscar Best Original Song. I mean, it should have won. It's like high art. That movie still gives me chills. I love it. It was certified fresh. Like critics loved it. Everyone loved it. That was when Vin Diesel was like, we deserve an Oscar. <laughs> and he just has become obsessed with this idea that these are high art movies, which I love. He's really endearing. Eight was Charlize Theron makes an appearance. Helen Mirren, you're suddenly introduced to. Jason Statham. Like there's suddenly like star power involved in this franchise. And so But but is there? Is there star power involved? Because I was watching this movie and kept like waiting for the like famous people to show right, up. Right, right. Yeah. And instead I was just like, who are these people? Like there are people who <laughs> not only do I have well, no idea who this character is, but I also have no idea who this actor is. Like, and, well, and right. They, that's what's interesting with. Well, but they have these reveals that you're yeah. like, wow. And I'm here. I am expecting, you know, like Brad Pitt or somebody like pop out of the shadow. And it's like, no, this is like I have never seen this face in my life. Like, could well, not figure it out of the like, lineup. That's what's interesting about Fast Nine is F Nine is because yeah, like like watching Shirley's Theron act opposite Vin Diesel was just like, what is she doing here in in Fast Eight? I loved it. It was still so wild, just like a high octane ride. But F Nine, you suddenly get Justin Lin back, and his goal in this movie clearly was to like get the whole gang back together. It was a lot of fan service. It was a lot of nods to old characters um some of which i like you didn't even recognize or remember and so suddenly the charlie's theron of it all the Heron, helen mirren they make appearances but they're not a big deal like the rock isn't in this jason statham isn't in this it's a lot more of the original crew and bless their hearts they just are not the best actors <laughs> oh yeah no they're bad actors and <laughs> it had a big feel to me of like um you know when you watch like 
an episode of like Magnum PI or one of those like network <laughs> like procedurals where you're like these people yeah. have been on this show for 10 years <laughs> and are pr- and like have millions of people across the country like know who they are but they are not yeah. famous still like yeah. that's the energy of this where people, <laughs> it was like these are not famous people even though they're in like this massive franchise like <sighs> the I mean Anna Lucia is I, like she's like barely famous and she yeah. was like you know top build in this basically because oh, yeah. I because the guy who was with Ludacris I was like I've never seen this person before yeah this is just the, his only his only the gig. sister I was like I don't know who this I think is this is her only gig literally. right and then the yeah like the the Asian guy I didn't know oh, there's yeah. a He's scene from Tokyo Drift there's a scene where they like go off to this um like rocket lab place and there's like <laughs> yeah. three people working there i was like and don't know any of these people and then later i found out one of them was but little bow wow and i was like wow yeah. he <laughs> he has not aged great um yeah it was just it was a it was a rough hodgepodge of a crew and yeah. yes the dialogue was bad there was a lot of staring really any of the talking scenes i was like okay yeah like we could have probably done without this <laughs> Like, there's this scene at the end where, well, okay, here's another question I had. I could not, for the life of me, figure out what the family dynamic was with oh, Vin yeah, Diesel and Anna Lucia yeah. and the child. <laughs> because at first I was like, wait, are Vin, and, all- <laughs> are Vin and her married? But then, yes. it, but then it didn't seem like, or like they weren't super affectionate to each other at the beginning. Yeah. And then like they were like, they kept mentioning some other mother of the kids. So I was like, okay, maybe yeah. they're not together. Maybe they're just friends. But then like halfway through the movie, they do kiss. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So wait, is this like yeah, a budding romance or maybe they, or have they been together all along? Yeah, but you, then I you still missed a few details. I still yeah. couldn't figure out who the kid was, but at the end they're like, they're like, ah, the kid, he's getting ready. He's got to say grace. I was like, yeah, I don't know where deal. this dialogue is coming from, but this is also poorly written. Like, you know, this is a chance for like, a an ex- article. There's an extra seat at the table. Who's waiting? You, like, you need to just pitch an article to BuzzFeed where you're like, I'm going to explain the family tree of how everyone knows each other just from watching Fast 9. Because, yeah, you, you're missing a lot, a tangled web, if you will, of a few connections. But, yeah, at one point, Anna Lucia's character supposedly dies and, and Vin Diesel hooks up with this other girl. But then it turns out Anna Lucia, I mean, Letty wasn't dead. And so then the other lover actually dies, but she had given birth to her son, which she didn't tell Vin about. And so it's like a whole thing. (laughs) Well, even in this, there's this whole sequence where they're talking about like faking the death of, of this other character. And I was like, and I was like, is this new information or old? Did we we know this? Like what's happening? No, he had been killed off. And um, that was like a major plot point of, of seven. I think is that Han was killed by this, evil Jason Statham character and that became their motivation to destroy Jason Statham and then yeah you know these connections are operatic Um, and I think this movie for me um, this doesn't hold up as well as like seven and eight even though some of the like action sequences are cooler because it felt so weighted with the the fan servicey, like let's get the whole crew back together, like give any reason to get them all in the same room again. And I just don't think like there's a lot of setup. It felt really slow at the beginning in a weird way, even though they started off with a bang. (laughs) 
But by the end of it, I was like all in again. I love a good like, you know, expected twist of the bad guy <laughs> turns good. <laughs> the family montages, like the speeches while other things are happening. Oh, in yeah. Like it all works for me. <laughs> we need to, we also need to talk about these extended flashback sequences in like a sepia yeah. tone lens <laughs> around this old abandoned racetrack and how, yeah. okay, so Vin Diesel, we had never heard of John Cena's character no, no, before, no, no, correct? No, no. Yes. I correct. was getting, I was getting the sense that I was like, he has not, like, this is no. completely made up because ever, yeah. So their dad, like, was a race car driver and died in a race car accident. And then Vin Diesel had to go to jail for a while for, like, beating up the guy who, like, was sort of responsible, but then realized that his brother had actually done something in, like, the, <laughs> fuel tank to try to murder the father which was like what but then it but then i i still didn't get it at the end where like the dad wanted to die and told him to i don't think he wanted to die i think yeah it's very convoluted but i think the storyline was his dad was gonna throw the race so he just wanted like a little like a misfire but what happened is that the the other driver hit him in such a way that it that it caused this like explosion that killed him. So I think it was just. So it was an accident. Yeah, it was an accident, but he felt guilty because he had caused it, but then he couldn't tell his brother about that because he promised to protect his brother's perfect image of his flawless father. And then Dom, you know, whose whole central tenant is family. Like that's, that's the whole thing with the, you know, at the end of every movie, there's a fam, there's like a family dinner and there's like a, he says grace like that's like that is the fast family like that's always been the energy of the movies and vin diesel's always been like this patriarch sponsored by corona (laughs) corona yeah (laughs) that's always been a joke too like like that i i can imagine that being kind of like what is happening if you have no experience but it was kind of like it was like the tide pen moment in (laughs) in the heights (laughs) yeah so it's like the John Cena of it all, honestly, was the weakest point for me because, frankly, I think John Cena is not an action star, even though he's built for it. He's much better in comedy roles where he gets to play like the goofy, like give me him in blockers, give me him in daddy's home. Like I can take that John Cena, but having him just sit there and smolder and like flex and try to act opposite Vin Diesel, it's just like, wow, you guys are both bad and I'm not vibing with either of you. Yeah, I... Yes, they were both like too, it was too serious. Mm -hmm. Like both of them were just so serious the entire film. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of um, chance for levity. You know who I feel like was actually like the most entertaining part of this was the five minutes that Cardi B showed up. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, star power. I was like, star (laughs) power. And also Cardi B has charisma. She has a presence. She was one of the best parts in Hustlers. She was one of the, like, she just steals scenes. And I was like, put, like, you could give, give her the role of the sister or like Anna Lucy. Like, nobody in this film is having to do enough that Cardi B could not play that role. You know? Yeah. I was like, give her an actual like give her more to do because I would love to watch a Cardi B action movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. great. I was like, was she in another one? Because they're talking like she's a known character, like she knows oh, Dom. Well, I read a whole article about this. Um, oh, wow. 
apparently she there's some character named like jessica or something who's in the fourth one or kara i think who's some woman who i guess is in the fourth movie and this is supposedly her sister and there's like a Hmm. throwaway line in this because i was also confused i was like was cardi b in a previous one and then for a second i thought cardi b was like one of Helen, like, was Helen Mirren's yeah. assistant or something? I was very confused. But I think they just, like, wanted her in it. Yeah, and yeah. So- Good for them. No, it was all over the place with these cameos. Like, it became a very convoluted story. And there's also the story of, like, Charlize Theron is in it, and she's sort of entrapped by John Cena's bankroller, who ends up being, con- like, duped by her to be it's like messy like the the logic of this plot isn't there and we haven't even talked about the fact that they sent a car to space like but it was still so fun that i just i enjoyed every like the whole experience it was just fun to watch a movie like that and just it's so bonkers and everything they try is just like wow i can't believe they got away with that but it's it's just a fun time yeah well so there's basically like three set pieces in it there's the opening in where are they mexico somewhere in south South america yeah yeah and so that's like a fun race through the jungle there's land mines driving (laughs) along cliffs and i thought that was like inventive enough there's a scene where like the car there's a truck that gets like trapped in these boulders and it's above a landmine and the guy has to get out of the car fast enough like I thought it was fun. And then yeah. the second, the middle section, they're in the UK. So they're in London and then in Edinburgh. And I really like that too. I think partly because I've been to those places. So it was fun yeah. to watch those sequences. But I thought they were also entertaining. And the fact yeah. that um, Miss Day like can't drive the car and then has <laughs> to, uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I honestly thought that the end, that the third act was the weakest act, mm. but like outer space slash wherever they were. <laughs> like missile law whatever that was yeah yeah okay yeah i mean the premise is that they're trying you know there's a doomsday device as there always is and it needs uplink to a satellite in space while simultaneously like download like uploading from a truck that's driving endlessly around the city and so they have to attack it at both heads (laughs) so they send um they send uh dang it i mean Luder, ludicrous Tej and Ramon Roman they send him to space um which is sort of an in-joke in the fandom which is that at some point the director had been like I mean what's next maybe they'll go to space and so here they are they went to space <laughs> in a Pontiac and did it it was funny because they were so self-aware about it like um, Ludacris gives this whole speech about like, oh my gosh, you just have to trust the science. Like, don't ask questions. Just believe the facts, numbers. Like, we ran it all. This is how it works. And it's like, mm-hmm. clearly, this is illogical, but it's just so fun and delightful and they're so aware of it. And it's just like, they have fun energy. It's a good time. But I do feel like the the best like action sequence was when they realized the magnetic force that they had in the back of this like, DHL truck as they're driving around Edinburgh and um and they end up getting chased by John Cena's character and 
And I think that's like the funness of it is they always manage to do something surprising. Like it's not ever just a car chase. There's always something weird involved in it. Like with Fast 8, um, Charlize Theron weaponizes like self-driving features on cars and has a whole like car chase through Manhattan, which is just wild and amazing to watch. And Fast 7 obviously had that airdrop from planes where they like parachuted their cars out of the planes so there's always something that's like this doesn't make sense but i love it and these this one they had these super powerful magnets that would just like they were strong enough to drag a car through a building and it was just like wow how do you come up with that? Well, I was confused though about the the magnets because oh, yeah, it was like sense. there was a mag- like they were pulling some things but not other things. I was just like, well, how <laughs> yeah. do these work? Could we explain this to me? Yeah, sometimes it would just grab a fork. Sometimes it could grab whole cars. Like, and sometimes it wouldn't grab every car. It would just grab the one they needed. So yeah, it, there were some gaps there. Um, you know, some plot armor, if you will. But it was a fun idea nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was entertaining. And to um, your point, um, one of the co- criticisms of this franchise is its treatment of the female characters who are usually sidelined, um, such as Dom's sister, who's usually in the past few movies just been played as the love interest to Paul Walker's character and was literally just like off screen pining for him or whatever it is. And Anna Lucia's only really been the only action one because even the um, the like tech girl has always just been the tech girl and just kind of pops up and like helps you know, cyber attack things, but doesn't get involved in the action. So here suddenly they had all the girls come back. They were all active in like driving and action sequences. And then they introduced another girl that Han had been working with, who was like an expert (laughs) um, fighter too. So I think that was interesting that he was like, okay, let's modernize this as best we can. Bless his heart. Yeah, it definitely had big, like, uh, let's get all the action, all the girl <laughs> action heroes together in Avengers. Um, yeah. But yeah, I liked it. Um, I thought that I thought the, it was a fun sort of romp of a watch. I'm trying to think if there's other things that I was confused about. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, an important part of this is, like I said, Vin Diesel's really, like, sincere about this movie. And one thing that is really touching about is how much he cares about Paul Walker's legacy Mm -hmm. and Paul Walker's character in this story. And so that's why he was interviewed about this movie and like his favorite part is like the last scene. He thinks it's like the strongest thing because it's just like so sweet. He was like, that was the most profound thing. Like, because at the end there's a scene where they're all gathered for the table and his whole thing's family. So it's, there's no reason Paul Walker's character wouldn't be there because he doesn't die in their universe. He's alive and well and raising their kids and living happily in a suburban life. Um, and so someone mentions that there's like, Oh, there's oh, an wait, that's seat. who was supposed to be yeah. at the end. I thought that <laughs> yeah. was John Cena. <laughs> oh no, no, no. It was like, They were waiting for Paul Walker's character and they're like, oh, he's coming. Then you hear the car and then his his like famous vehicle pulls up to the driveway and it's like a way to let his character Oh, that went right over my head. (laughs) I was like, oh, John Cena's here. And then I thought it was weird that then it sort of like ended without him getting out of the car. I was like, okay, but I guess like, okay. No, it's the it's the Brian. It's Brian's coming for dinner, man. He's there. He's still alive and well, and it's really so wait, sweet. He didn't that they die did in the movie, even though he's no, because he didn't want that trauma. You know, like because Paul Walker died in a car crash, and I don't think they wanted to ever 
have anything similar to that happen on screen. But they also, Vin Diesel's talked about how important it was that he lived on in this project that they like, you know, they're like obsessed with each other. Like he named her daughter Paulina after Paul Walker. And he's just like, it's like very tender. And I don't, I know I'm talking about him like he's a kindergartner, but I just have such a soft spot for how, how sincere he is about this relationship and how much this franchise meant to him because it it like brought in this real family for him in the form of Paul Walker and so he wanted to do that last scene as like homage to his friend who's passed and also to this character that mattered to the franchise and I think it was a nice like bow on this very fan servicey film <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay I guess that makes a little more sense <laughs> now that I'm but like not that much, but yeah. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really just because I think it mattered to to Vin Diesel and probably the rest of the crew and stuff. Like, I'm sure it was touching for all of them. But the way he talks about it is like that was that was big. That was something special. He said that's like potentially the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> okay, okay, Vin. I love him. Let's cool <laughs> off a little bit. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to, do you have anything else to say about this movie? I'm like, okay. Um, I mean, I, I guess, I, I mean, there, no, I two, don't know. There's a two-part finale. There's Yes. It's like Fast 10 is coming out, but it's going to be two different movies. Yeah, they're doing the Avengers situation of a finale. Justin Lin was like, yeah, I want to come back, but I think it's time that we like know how to wrap it up. And obviously there's been like a lot of a lot of drama around Vin Diesel versus The Rock. And like, there was a lot of tension there um, where they didn't get along. And Vin Diesel was resentful that he got a spinoff before F9 came out and he thought it was disrespectful to like the family he's built. So I think it was, there was an awareness that there needs to be a chapter closed to help everyone feel good about <laughs> moving on and letting go. So what will that movie look like? I have no idea because they've already gone to space. Like, how do you top that? Probably just more cameos of random ass people <laughs> yeah. from the second movie. Yeah. Yeah. But um, to your point, I think what does make this film sort of stand out from its more recent, like the 7 8 um, of it all and Hobbs and Shaw, is this like practical effects. And it's interesting reading about Justin Lin's um, attention to detail and just how that worked because he obviously was on he was on set in the UK doing filming with the team but then everyone else like was doing the stunt drivers and stuff were across these like world (laughs) areas like in South America and wherever else that final shot was and so he was trying to navigate like how the stunt team would be able to drive and teaching the stunt drivers how you know, Vin Diesel would move and like what to expect there and like all of this and, and what actors could pull off what stunt predictably, like just the, the thought and care and attention to detail he put into making these practical effects happen. It's like something you don't see that much anymore, especially with like Avengers and Marvel getting away with so much, just like, oh, here's a spaceship. You don't know what that looks like. Like, I guess I can just do whatever I want. But Justin Lin was like, yeah, if you see a car that's CGI, you know immediately it's CGI because you know exactly what a car is supposed to look like at any given moment. And I think that paid off in a real way in these movies because you weren't as distracted by the wildness of the stunt because it still felt real because some of it was still real. And it kind of reminded me of like Mad Max and, well, Fury Road and just how I think it pays when these people put the time and energy into the complex, the complex um, 
practical effect world. Like, I really think it was fun to see those happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, even like with Cruella, where they couldn't <laughs> even get the real dogs, it was so, it just so like t- takes you out of it. Yeah. I feel that one hundred percent, and I love, and it's sort of a throwback to like old like seventies, eighties action movies to have all of the practical effects, and like I actually don't know, sort of cost wise, how much right difference there is because yes, for practical effects, you know, it's like okay, you're blowing up a car, you have to have the car, you have to to blow it up, but you only do that, you know, like once or twice, and you just get it from a bunch of different angles. Where if you're doing computer generated stuff you know that's like teams of people who have to work on it for months because they're having to you know get the get all of the different layers and stuff correct so it's interesting i know we'll have to have like a financial expert come on and he can explain all the details of this um (laughs) the movie producing world Mm -hmm. (laughs) if anyone's listening shoot us an email we'd love to talk to you (laughs) Yes, we want to talk to somebody about what's more expensive, yeah. <laughs> practical or CG. Um, so would you say this is now, later, or never? I'd say now. It's a nice summer movie. It's a fun time. And um, like you proved, you don't even have to be a fan of the franchise to really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. No. No, I think you can see it without having seen any of the other movies. <laughs> um, especially because I get the sense that the Fast and Furious movies, like, there's a lot of different stuff going on, especially in the early yeah. ones. So it's like, yeah, you can go back and watch them, but there's so many and they're like all kind of a different vibe. Um, so, yeah. Although I will say that I multiple times in this movie, I got this mixed up with um, Mission Impossible, which I feel like <laughs> has a similar like ragtag cast of people you've yeah, never heard yeah. of. I was thinking of that guy with this fedora or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when's he getting here? yeah um okay well rapid fire questions do you have any yes um if you had a beverage product placement in your film what uh beverage would be heavily featured oh i don't i don't drink a lot of beverages i'm boring um i guess i honestly don't know you know what my favorite the only the soda that i go to is virgil's cream soda Okay. Um, so I guess I'd have to do that, but then it's like, what adult is actually drinking cream soda? I don't know many, I get judged for it, but maybe I'd be able to introduce people to the, the sweet, sweet Look, nectar. Paige, it's all about the product placement. <laughs> do I think, well, maybe this group actually would drink Corona, but it's like, you yeah. know, it's sort of like whoever's paying is who is what's happening. Yeah, I see. I guess then if I want a bankroller, but I just wouldn't want to sell out, sell out to like Coca-Cola, you know? Maybe I'd do like bubbly. Give it- <laughs> bubbly. I do love bubbly. I, last summer when I was in Florida, <laughs> I drank a lot of, of seltzer water and I feel like bubbly is my favorite and the bubbly grapefruit I think is my favorite seltzer water. So. Wow. Look saying. at that. Sponsored by bubbly water. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, I'm in the thick of this competition on Instagram, there's like bubbly is sponsoring some kind of like giveaway where you get like a night, like 
like out on the town sort of. And for whatever reason, one of the drag queens that I follow was posting about it. And literally no one is entering this competition. Like not a soul. You have to use this hashtag. And I've like, look, there's like less than a hundred posts. And I think a lot of them don't even qualify because they're like before or after the date that you have to put it on there. So I'm like, I feel like I have a good chance at winning this random ass bubbly uh, oh like my god! Night out thing. So <laughs> TBD, everybody. But I How may exciting. be winning a competition soon. <laughs> Have also, you ever won before? I won tickets to like a schoolhouse rock show when I was I don't know maybe in like third grade because I put my name in a jar at a Pizza Hut and we got to go see it. Um, mm. But that's really the only thing I've ever won. So I'm due. I feel like. Wow! Yeah. It's your time. Between that and the Venmo uh, thing that's going around on Instagram, I'm, you know, <laughs> you think that's the, the one you're gonna win? <laughs> no, I don't. But <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I would take five hundred dollars. It'd be very nice. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay, I had a question. Ludacris um, is in this movie. He's also featured on tracks for Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, and Nicki Minaj. Who do you think he has the best odds of getting to cameo in the next Fast movie? Wait, Justin Bieber, who in Nicki Minaj? Chance the Rapper. I think Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj but has been Cardi in- B. Yes, but Nicki Minaj has been in other movies and I feel like is more in that realm and also has like less going on. <laughs> I feel Drag like, her. I feel like the <laughs> ranking in my mind would be Nicki Minaj, most likely, then Chance the Rapper, then Justin Bieber. Okay. That's fair. I think I'd prefer Nicki Minaj, then Bieber, and then Chance the Rapper. Yeah. I don't know what Chance the Rapper's vibe would be in one of these <laughs> movies. We got a two-parter to figure it out. Nicki Minaj would be best. Um... A similar question, if another cast member from the TV show Lost were to show up in the mm. next Fast and the Furious movie, which would it be? Oh, interesting. I would love to see Sawyer, but I don't think he'd fit the vibe. I think a more fun cameo would be Hurley. Like, I think Hugo could do some, could be a fun character. Like, you know, whether he plays it straight, whether he plays it dumb, like, I think... I think there could be something there. See, this is fascinating because I was going through sort of like the list in my mind. Uh And I was like, I think just about anyone from The Lost could show up in this and be in like a good character. Like if Hurley was in this, he would definitely just be like a tech person or like an (laughs) auto mechanic or something. Sawyer, I feel like has big, like could play a cop or like some kind Mm. of FBI thing. A cab. Kate definitely could be in this. She's got like the muscles and stuff. Yeah. Here, my pitch out of left field. What (laughs) if you got Shannon and Boone to come back as like a pair of like evil rich siblings? Yeah. They're like the big bad. If you're going for that, you might as well get the diamond thieves, right? Like really give them a chance. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think Shannon I think Shannon and Boone could be interesting, but it's like, I, I would want to zhuzh up the space a little bit. I feel like they'd play the same characters we've seen already. Whereas they think Hurley could bring something interesting, you know, like whether it's like, Oh, he's a, he's a street has this, a drug dealer. I don't know. Like a, 
I mean, there is a correct answer to this question, and it is Juliet. I think just oh, I because she's the best actress of anybody in Lost, and they yes. could get her to do literally anything, and I feel like she would be immaculate yes. at it. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. she did steal the show as Mrs. Claus in the Santa <laughs> Claus too. So you're right. Oh my gosh, how dare I forget about her? Um, I had a question. Did you have a favorite car in this movie, Matt? Um, I knew that you were going to ask that because I was like, also, I had a question about cars, and I was mm. like, I don't know. I could not. Oh, I have no idea. About I don't car think brands. I could convincingly <laughs> actually name five cars like pick them out you know what i mean <laughs> what about like brands are they called brands L- i don't know dealers lines <laughs> of cars um i have no idea yeah no i'm not a car person either i was just gonna describe my i loved the matte black car he drove at some point in edinburgh i really i thought that was a gorgeous vehicle I have no context for that. I you don't in, remember in it? Year, no, in one uh, like I couldn't. I couldn't. You oh I man, I was like, one car damn, that's movie. a matte black car, and that's cool. It's when he like gets out in front of the church and he looks up and he sees John Cena just floating across the skyline, which oh. I loved. <laughs> and then he was like, I, "Tom Cruise, I'll see you jumping off <laughs> yeah. a roof. Amazing. And do you want better? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm nothing stood out to you. Not yeah, even nothing. the space car." <laughs> I mean, I guess the space car. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. We won't embarrass ourselves anymore. But like if you put three space cars in front of me and was like, which one was in this movie? Nope. Nope. Couldn't. <laughs> okay. That's that's fair. Um, that's all the questions I have. Yeah. That's that's it for me too. Well, I guess, okay. Now that you're out, I've got to do like a kiss, marry, kill situation that doesn't oh, okay. feature girls. Um, so let's say, obviously, Dom, Vin Diesel. Um John Cena, why not? Jacob and uh the the villain, the like sexy European villain guy whose name I don't remember and who I'd never seen on stage in cinema before. Oh, okay, let's see. Um the European villain is definitely more my speed, mm-hmm. so I guess I'll be marrying him. Okay. <laughs> um hmm, John Cena versus Vin Diesel. <laughs> I think I'd probably kill Vin Diesel. Oh my gosh. He'd be such a tender lover though. <laughs> Would he? He'd probably start crying halfway through. Like, he seems enough. needy. Yeah. And like too <laughs> earnest. I feel like I wouldn't get along with him. John Cena, like yeah. you said, is funnier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. That's fair. I I can agree with that assessment. I uh, Frankly, now that you pointed that out, I'd probably marry John Cena, kiss uh, the European and kill Vin Diesel I mean can you imagine me having to like sit through you know like and we're the family like a speech like I just couldn't I know bless his heart really though love him have a soft spot for him he's trying hard he's trying hard it's like when I got woken up at one point the year after college and by like in the middle of the night by people who lived in my house who were like we need to go pray out a demon possession (laughs) in the wall and I was like I it's like, like I just cannot bring my. I was like trying so hard not to like laugh, and then also I was so sleepy. I was just like, you guys, <laughs> just leave me out of this. I was not made for this. Okay, well, my apologies to Vin Diesel. Mm, R.I.P. Um, 
Okay, I don't know what we're doing next week. I can't remember if we have something lined up or not. Zola it's Fourth of July out. weekend. Is nothing coming out? Isn't Black Widow or something? No, Black Widow's coming out the week after. Oh, There's a Purge okay. movie that's coming out next oh, week. No, but I'm thank assuming you. you won't do that. <laughs> Looked so dumb. Um, okay, well, well, we'll figure it out. We always do. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be something. Maybe there, maybe I mean Netflix has to have some movie or something yeah, that's yeah. coming out at worst case scenario. Um, but yes, we have a Patreon. There will be a Patreon episode coming out within the next couple of days. Oh, it should be out. Yeah. Already. It's, we're yes. talking about our sexual awakenings, which is a delight and something I've been sitting on for with Matt for quite some time because, you know, <laughs> secrets. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but it's a fun time, so you should definitely check it out at the patreon.com backslash PS You're Wrong. Also, I've covered Taylor Swift and her Curious Case of the Easter Eggs, which, man, thoughts. I really could do a second episode because there's just so many. But you can also follow us on social media. We love getting your emails, being tagged in your Instagram stories, whatever it is. We're at PS You're Wrong on socials, and you can send us an email at PS You're Wrong at gmail.com. Yeah, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.